Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So from the federal election in October of this year in Canada, returning a diminished liberal government to the uh, about-to-be-dramatically-accelerated pace and drama in the race toward November the 3rd, 2020, in the presidential election in the United States. It's all in play. Uh, from the about-to-change in the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada to increased responsibilities given to the new Deputy Prime Minister, Christian Freeland, within the Trudeau federal government. And you wonder, people have speculated about this, is it really Mr. Trudeau's decision or is it the party's decision that he'll have a somewhat diminished role? We're going to review the political landscape of Canada and the United States. And we're going to start off with our great friend, Michael Taub, syndicated columnist for Troy Media, contributor to the Washington Times, and former Stephen Harper speechwriter. Michael, how do you describe 2019? Hey, Roy. Uh, yeah, with politics, at least if we're looking at Canada to begin with, I think what we're really looking at is a period of huge change. I mean, it started with the whole NSC Loblin controversy, sort of damaging the armor, so to speak, of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Blackface, brownface controversy, which also hammered him a bit. Yet, in the end, we see that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is still in power, but with a minority government, which, as you and I have talked about and I've discussed with others, and as I'm sure you've discussed, is a very different way of governing and running things. It means that you have to build bridges, you have to build political compromise, and for Mr. Trudeau, who is about 13 seats shy of a majority, it means that sometimes he's going to have to look towards the left, that being the NDP, the Bloc Québécois, to sort of build a coalition on principles that sort of appeal to them, which would be more government spending, or just a bigger government in general. And then occasionally he'll look to the Conservatives, who are the official opposition in this country, and whoever their new leader eventually turns out to be, whenever the actual convention is held next year. Rumor is November, but it might be earlier than that. Um, he has to look to them for issues such as things that would appeal to the free market or to privatization or to pipelines or to something with the environment that basically can sort of work on a left-right type of axis. So it's very, very different. So Canadian politics has moved from a period where Trudeau was sort of snidely in charge and felt that he was everyone's professorial choice to someone who has to be a complete reversal of what he was before, which means he has to be honest, decent, forthright, and he has to be a good compromiser. And we don't know as of yet whether he can actually do it. You know, when we look at this final weekend of 2019, and if we were to compare it to how we felt in the first weekend of 2019, about yeah. how things were going to play themselves through, how they're going to play themselves out, how the October 21st federal election was going to, in fact, turn out. The vast majority of people would have said, and the polling suggested, that at that time, the October election would have returned another majority liberal government with Trudeau ensconced uh, very comfortably as Correct. the prime minister to continue with his rather odd agenda, at times certainly odd, and, uh, and not exactly to the, uh, to the satisfaction of people to, to, the, to the right of center, uh, and often not to the people to the left of center. But no. we, we've, had this, uh, we, we've had these surprises thrown our way. We had the Alberta election. Yep. And so now you have a, a, a powerful uh, Alberta Premier, Jason Kenney, with a majority government, 
And he seems to be now, you tell me what you think, but I think Jason Kenney is now the main opposition leader uh, in Canada for for Trudeau until the federal Conservative Party gets a leader. Yeah, I I guess so. I mean, I certainly wouldn't diminish the role of Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moore. No, no, definitely not. No, no. But yeah, I I would agree with you, Roy, that basically Jason Kenney is now sort of the de facto leader of the conservative movement in Canada until the federal conservatives get a leader. And certainly it's a good choice. Jason Kenney, I mean, obviously he's had some problems and issues and there's some difficulties having. And naturally the the media is not particularly pleased with things that are happening. They don't like the fact that they sort of suggest that the way he's handled issues such as health care and other things has not been to their liking. But overall, Jason Kenney is a fiscal and social conservative. He understands what the principles are that are important to a lot of conservatives. Opposition to the carbon tax, for one thing, he'll be definitely doing. Or, in his words, finding a better role or a better means to protect the environment. He will also obviously have a small-c conservative agenda provincially, which will be diametrically opposed to anything that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau does or does not propose as he tries to build informal coalitions on an issue-by-issue basis. So yeah, without question, Jason Kenney is a de facto conservative leader of this country right now, but I think that we're in good hands due to his intelligence, his ability, his experience, and his competence as Premier. And his understanding of Justin Trudeau. They sat opposite each other for quite a few years. So uh, Jason Kenney understands Mr. Trudeau and has seen him in action. I don't want for a moment take any any focus away from Scott Moe. Uh, who'll be with us in in the next couple of weeks? The Premier of Saskatchewan's okay. been very good to us with his time. Absolutely. But uh, when when you look at the uh, the stories, the the focus, the the news focus has been on the province of Alberta, and the pro- Alberta has been the leading conservative province in the country with an issue with with the federal government with yes. with transfer payments, and the issue of national unity has been raised as well in Alberta and other places as well, and that really puts Jason Kenney at the forefront of the opposition leaders, again, until the Conservatives federally get a leader. Yeah, very much so. I agree with you. And look, I think a lot of Conservatives will look to Jason Kenney, who's a very talented individual that I've known for many years from his days from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation on. This is a person who understands politics very well. As you kind of alluded to, he sat opposite Prime Minister Trudeau for many years, and he was in Ottawa for an extended period of time, a couple decades in all, when he sat as a Reform Party, Canadian Alliance, and later Conservative MP, That's and right. later on as a cabinet minister in various roles under my old friend and boss, Stephen Harper, our former prime minister. So Jason Kenney definitely knows how to manage government, he knows how to work in politics, and he knows how to build alliances, even if he doesn't necessarily like the person sitting across from him, be it the House of Commons floor, or in this case, an issue of federal-provincial relations. Let me take a quick uh, break, Michael. When we come back, a couple of things I want to do is, first I want to talk to you about the national unity issue, which raised its head uh, quite spectacularly at times in 2019. Where does that fit into the 2020 discussion? And, uh, And then we want to do a little something different, and you and I are going to talk about, we're going to change gears entirely, because we're both sports nuts. And I thought at the end of 2019, you and I could talk about a sports moment of the year that stood out for us. Plus, I want to play for you and have everybody listen to the greatest piece of play-by-play broadcasting, sports play-by-play broadcasting of 2019. 
Michael Taub is my guest, syndicated columnist for Troy Media, contributor to the Washington Times, former Stephen Harper speechwriter, terrific media commentator. And I, I always enjoy speaking with you, Michael. I want to make that point clear. Thanks for all the time you spent with us in 2019. Oh, it's always been my pleasure, Roy. It's an honor. Looking ahead to, um, to the next 12 months, yeah. the issue of national unity. I've had uh, Premier Scott Moe say on this program, uh, do we have a country when the issue came up about the, the uh, Trans Mountain Extension in right. British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, the Premier of, uh, of Alberta, Jason Kenney, has brought up the issue of national unity on this program. Mm-hmm. And the Premier of New Brunswick, Blaine Higgs, has said on the air on the show, we have to decide whether Canada is a nation or an ocean. Where does the whole issue of national unity fit into the dialogue for 2020? Because you've got Wexit as well. Is, is it going to be a big issue in 2020? Or is it going to be one of those sidebar issues that occasionally raises its head? Oh, I, I don't think it's something that's just going to be a sidebar issue. I think it's actually of vital importance. And irrespective of the fact that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau recently said in his year-end interview that he, although he recognizes there are quote-unquote frustrations, as he said, with Alberta and Saskatchewan, but doesn't believe there's a national unity crisis, you have to look at it this way. Sure, is the country going to break up tomorrow? No. Is it likely going to break up in 2020? No. No one is suggesting that. But at the same time, Alberta and Saskatchewan have different ideas and concepts about the way to operate a government and the way to manage an economy. Much the same way, believe it or not, there are pockets of people all over the place, including right here in Ontario, as we know, Roy, who feel the same way. So will Wexit necessarily be a major issue? It's something that's going to be around for quite a while. It is a growing movement. It is a concern of a lot of people who live both in Alberta and Saskatchewan, And they recognize, because they have virtually no representation in Ottawa, they have no seats there under the Liberal banner, and they recognize that obviously the Liberal government thinks differently than they do, there are going to be a lot of Albertans and Saskatchewanians who are going to directly say, we want to be part of this country, we want to continue to build a nation, so to speak. But to use Blaine Higgs' line, if we want to only have it as a notion, then provinces like Alberta and Saskatchewan will be completely ignored by the Trudeau Liberals, and they'll only focus on Eastern Canadian concerns. If that's what happens in 2020, Roy, then the issue with Wexit and other parts of national unity are going to become much bigger issues than they are right now. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, we'll be speaking with Sean Simpson, Vice President of Ipsos, yep. about polling they've done uh, throughout 2019. And uh, they did a poll recently on Canadians nationally. They're feeling about Western uh, discontent with the federal government. Now, in the uh, three and a half minutes we have left, let's make that segue uh, to the other thing that you and I are passionately uh, involved with, care about, and that's sports. You bet. And, And, you know, if I hadn't been doing talk radio, news talk radio, I would have been doing sports talk radio. Good for you. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a sports fanatic. I know you're tremendously uh, excited about sports, and you did some sports writing. So what's, apart from the Raptors and Bianca, because those are the obvious stories, what is the big sports story of 2019 that you really, that that stands out to you? Well, you see, as, as great as the Raptors was, and as great as, say, Bianca Andreescu winning the U.S. Open, which both of them were great accomplishments for this country and in general, those were not the biggest stories in my mind. The biggest story for me personally is something I have to go all the way to Europe to see. It actually didn't happen in North America. And to me, the one that stands out, mainly because of my love for the particular team that did it, 
was the Champions League semifinal, Liverpool versus Barcelona, second leg. Liverpool was down 3 nothing to Barcelona. For people who don't know, the great Spanish side, one of the great teams in Europe. Liverpool having a phenomenal season at that point in the EPL, the English Premier League, but was down 3 to nothing and were missing their two star players, Salah and Firmino. So basically, they were just playing out of pride at that point, right, Roy? They were just hoping that, to God, they could score a goal, make it a little bit better over the two legs, and at least not be too, too embarrassed coming out of it. Incredibly, they came all the way back, scoring four goals over a period of 80 minutes, which, for people who don't know much about soccer, not only is astonishing and impressive, it's incredible when your two-star players are gone, and the side that you have is so badly diminished that they're just playing out of heart. So incredible was it that not only did they come back all the way, they beat Barcelona in two legs, which makes it, in my mind, even a little bit greater than the, the accomplishment they did in Istanbul, Turkey, back in 05, where they came all the way back to beat AC Milan in the final. I think this one was even slightly better. And they went on to win the Champions League final over Tottenham. So for me, that was the great moment of 2019. I'll give it to you. I'll give you mine in one sentence. Tiger wins the Masters. Yes. That's a great one. I agree. <laughs> Tiger wins the Masters. And my gut tells me he's going to win more majors, and Nick he's Lynch. going to win more this year. The way he was playing in the President's Cup yep. on the last day, Tiger Woods is back. Now, let me play something for you and for everybody. This is, in my view, simply the best piece of sports play-by-play announcing in 2019. And I want to set it up. It was a game involving the New York Giants, and I think it was when they were playing the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they were. (laughs) And there was a kitty cat that decided that it would get out on the field. And the kitty cat was near the end zone, and the voice of the New York Giants, Kevin Harlan, called it this way. He's walking to the three. (laughs) He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW people who get it now, a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field, and the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive, kind of like Barkley and Elliott. But he didn't know where to go. Look at they're trying to corner him, and they got him in the end zone. There are state troopers all around this cat, which now climbs up into the stands. And the fans are running for their line. Now it goes back on the field again. And it's running in the back of the end zone. And it runs up the tunnel. How can you not love that? <laughs> How can you not love that? I'm a Cowboys fan. I love that moment. Well, I'm a Cowboys fan, too. <laughs> Good on you. Jason Garrett's got to go. I know. I agree with you. All he does is spit and clap. Listen, uh, but, you know, Kevin Harlan could have just sat there and essentially let it happen. But he did this incredible play-by-play, and it's a moment for the ages. It's it, it's it's a real pro in action. A good one. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. That was a great moment in 2019. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Michael, thank you so much again for all the time you've given us in 2019. Your insights are invaluable. You know the system. You know the players. You know how it works. You're uh, you're really a, a, a media. You're a special person in news in this country and and across the United States as well. Thank you, and we look forward to more shows with you in 2020. Well, it's an honor. You're one of the best in the business, and I always thought, Sir Roy, even before, long before we spoke, all the best to you and the listeners for 2020. Thanks, Michael. Michael Taub, 
a syndicated columnist with Troy Media, writes for the Washington Post and is former speechwriter for Stephen Harper. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.